It was great to be here with you tonight. I'm Jack, one of the pastors here, and uh, I want to just say thank you to Brian and all of our team who helped kind of get everything together for this. It's been on a hiatus for a little bit, and so just I hope that this kind of helps this whole season be something beautiful for you, and that's what we want to lean into tonight. And so typically what we'll do is we'll have a little bit of time where I'm going to open up God's Word, kind of teach from that for a little bit, and then we're going to have a space and a time for communion. You're welcome to partake of that as a follower of Christ, and maybe you just want to sit and kind of relax and think about maybe something that we're going to look at tonight. And then we're going to have a couple more worship songs to kind of end our night. So that's where we're going. If you're new, uh, welcome. Glad that you're here. I know it takes courage coming to a new place. And tonight as we dive into this series, Let There Be Light, that's the song we're going to sing after this message. And it's one that is kind of the anthem and theme for this whole series. And I just encourage you to let those words kind of wrap around your heart this whole season as God is the one who has introduced light. And that's what we're going to look at tonight. So uh, I don't know if you like Christmas lights or not. Um, they do have a way of helping you call in the name of Jesus, don't they? <laughs> Ask for his help and intervention. Um, every year when I put these up, it always seems like every year there's one batch that goes bad, right? And then you have to figure out where which bulb it was. And then by that point, you're just like, I'm just going to go buy a new one. Because I wonder how many are in landfills. Like if we were to string them together, how many times they would wrap around the earth, maybe all the way to Saturn, who knows. Uh, But Christmas lights have great power to them. There's something so simple, and yet they transform a room, and they transform a house, they transform everything that has kind of been a part of that. Maybe many of you, as a tradition, you walk Winter Haven. That's what we're going to do next Sunday night as a family and kind of do that. And maybe anyone have that as a tradition? and you kind of walk Winter Haven. Hopefully it gets a sponsor for next year that can keep going. Uh, Maybe Zoo Lights. Anyone ever been to Zoo Lights here? I just did that with our youngest this week, and it's super awesome to see that. You don't see animals, which is a little bit of a bummer, but uh, it's super awesome what they've done with the lights there. Uh, How many of you decorate with lights? Okay, you've done that. I I picked a few homes here that we can kind of look, because you can go overboard with this, right? You can kind of take this to a extreme, like on steroids kind of thing, and it, it just gets weird, doesn't it? So uh, let's like one of these houses here. Like you can't even see the house. I don't know the number or the stat for this, but can you imagine the electricity bill for just the month of December for them? I just, I don't know. Okay, next one. This one, uh, this is actually one of the Guinness Book World Records. It doesn't, may not look like, it actually looks like the other one is, but there was this battle between this family in New York and this family in Australia, and they were going back and forth in the early 2000s for the Guinness Book World Records of how many lights they actually had in their house. And I thought, Australia's expensive and New York's expensive. So again, I don't want to see their electricity bill. My favorite one is this next one. Just... <laughs> Every year, I'm like, I just want to do that. Can I just write ditto and (laughs) just put it next? Yeah, because there's something about lights that transform things, that change things, that everywhere light goes, it changes it. And you know this to be true. 
In fact, I want you to think back to a time where maybe, or a situation, a circumstance, when you didn't have much light, okay? I want you to think back to something that you had that maybe a place where you were, maybe it was woken up in the middle of the night, okay? I want you to think of like one of the darkest places you've been, not uh, emotionally, but like literally, okay? It's just dark, okay? You're there. And so one of the darkest places you've been, how many of you got something in your mind? I want you to think of that. Maybe you woke up at two o'clock in the morning and the electricity had gone out in your house and it's just dark, like, and and all the little lights that should be on. I remember, anyone ever been to the Bisbee Mine? I took my daughter on a field trip to the Bisbee Mine, right? And we go down, and you got the little rain jacket thing and the headlamp thing, and you're going down this little track, and you get all the way down in there, and everyone's got these lights. And then there comes to this space where the leader kind of says, hey, you guys want to try something? And of course, all the kids are like, yeah! And all the adults are like, ah, I don't know. What are you asking? Um, And then he does something strange. So don't move. Don't move. What he says is, we're gonna turn off all the lights, okay? And so he just does that. And everybody's headlamps go off and everything goes and it's just dark. And you can see my iPad glowing. And it's dark there and it's darker than even this right here. And you literally can't even see the hand, your hand in front of your face. Like you're touching your nose and yet your eyes are telling you you're not doing it. But your brain is telling you, yes, that is my finger touching my nose. How many of you are picking your nose? Just, okay, stop. Okay, well, we'll turn the lights back on. But this reality that you can get to a dark place, but then light has a way of changing everything it touches. Everywhere it goes, it has a transformational impact on how it changes settings and circumstances. And I think where we want to go tonight, as we look at the beauty of Christmas, as we look back at this idea of light, I want to look back all the way to the very beginning. So if you have your Bibles, uh, or if you have version, you can go there. All the scriptures are in there. If you just click on events, search Element City Church, you can actually find that on your phone. But if you have your Bible, we'll turn the lights up a little bit. You can read along in Genesis chapter 1. Now, in Genesis chapter 1, that's like the beginning. So let me give you a little backdrop of what's happening before that. Okay, now we're up to speed. Um, There's like nothing, okay? God's presence is here, but there's literally like nothing happening. There's nothing going on. There's nothing transpiring. And then we read these words in the very beginning. In fact, here's how it starts. It starts with what? In the beginning which is always, uh, this is a pastor joke, okay? This is why baseball matters to God, because in the big inning, okay, yeah, all right, there you go. So, that was for free. Um, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, and God said what? Let there be light. Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. It's like light went out from the very beginning. Now, whatever you want to argue and debate, and I've got some arguments, and I've got some debates, and I've got thoughts, but this isn't the time for that. But we could go into that if you want. Well, grab coffee. Um, I love free coffee. So there we go. Uh, But this idea that God spoke into nothingness, it's his presence alone that's there, and he created that the very first thing that God did was create light. 
and light went out into the darkness and it began to separate. We begin to read later in the creation story, separating darkness and light. And the separation that is happening and light is transforming everywhere it goes. And we know this to be true because tonight you'll go home and you'll walk into a dark room and you'll hit a light switch. And guess what'll happen? The light will come on and suddenly you'll be able to see. And what was not visible or what not uh, understandable in the moment suddenly is transformed and you can see. Light is, has a transformational power to it. And God did that. He's the one that originated that. It wasn't Thomas Edison in 1879. Okay, it was God, way back at the beginning, way back then. And for centuries after centuries after century, really what people grew up understanding is before the light bulb got introduced, okay, light changes, so you got cavemen fighting light, okay, all that stuff. Fast forward several, you know, millennial, and then we, here we are, and this idea of light transforming, and really what people had come to the place of seeing is, well, what you see is what you get that what God did initially is just kinda, it's there, everything's happened. And then this guy named Edwin Hubble comes along, and he begins with this theory that maybe creation is actually still happening, that maybe the expansion of the universe is actually still going, you know it as the Hubble telescope that you see, orbiting way out and showing pictures of galaxies upon galaxies upon galaxies. And here's what you have to understand, that when God said, let there be light, his work hasn't stopped. If you read anything about the Hubble telescope and any images that you see, it's amazing. Listen, you are small. Okay, I'm short, but you're small. I'm small too. Like if you study the universe at all, you begin to understand how small we really are. And yet, the Bible speaks that God knows the number of hairs on your head, that he's attuned into your life so well that he knows every word that's on your lips before you ever speak it. That he's dialed into your life, or for some of you, you feel lost in the vastness of the universe, of what you even can get your mind around, and you feel lost or unnoticed or unknown, and I'm here to tell you that the God of the scriptures is not only the creator who is still creating an expansion and things growing and the power to do so, but he is dialed into your life, and he knows. He's attentive, he's aware. And not only does he have light going out and creating, he wants to bring light into your life, to do some transformational work in and through you. In fact, this imagery of light kind of continues through the scriptures. Take your Bibles and go with me to John chapter one. So here we have John chapter one. John's kind of telling his gospel account of the life of Jesus, the teaching of Jesus, the, the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. And, and he's wanting people to understand, okay, here's who the Messiah is. And so he borrows language from Genesis chapter one. In fact, he kind of plagiarizes Genesis chapter one. Here's how he begins in John chapter one. In the beginning, <laughs> we've read that before, haven't we? Okay. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. This is, anytime you read the word word in here, he's speaking of Jesus. 
In the beginning was Jesus. He was there. He was part of the Trinity. He is Jesus the Son. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, they're all there. And I want you to know who he was. He was there at the very beginning. He's not a created thing. He is the creator. He's there with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing uh, was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was what? The light of all mankind. That light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. See, in Jesus' story, when we see the cross, we think the end, because that's what it always meant for everybody. And it was a footnote for him. It was a comma. It continued. His resurrection proved that he was more than just a man. He was God. And he was there in the very beginning. He's been about this transformational work and he is fighting against darkness and he has not been overcome by it. He's the light. In fact, Jesus would show, John would say later, behold, the light of the world. Speaking of Jesus, and Jesus, I think, loved that. This idea of imagery of light. What's fascinating about what John is writing here is this light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. You have to remember, it's been 400 years since the last known interaction or word from God. It's been this silence period in between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And what we celebrate at Christmas is that God said, let there be light more. Not just that let there be light and it's still going, but let's reintroduce light into the darkness of the silence period where people were looking and not knowing where to find God and how to, to, to grow in relationship and even have a relationship with him. And Jesus shows up in the Christmas story as the light of the world. And I think he loved that. Why? Because light is transformational. It just changes everything it comes in contact with. From the very beginning, we see this. And even from the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, we see this over and over, story after story of Jesus bumping into someone and their life being changed because of him. He's the light of the world. And then this crazy thing happens where Jesus changes the narrative even a little bit more. So take your Bibles and go to Matthew chapter five or follow along on version because when we get here, it's this amazing thing. Uh, what we have to understand with Christmas as you're turning there is that the reason the beauty uh, of Christmas is that the light is introduced again into the darkness and the backdrop of the story. I love what Timothy Keller writes this. He says, the emphasis on light um, in darkness comes from the Christian belief that the world's hope comes from outside of it. Even very, at the very back of the beginning, okay? This was light. God said, let there be light. He introduced something into the world that was not there. And Jesus at Christmas is introduced into a world that didn't have an answer to how to solve its own problem. And Jesus is interjected, and he's the one that comes in, that there's an answer from outside that's interjected into the story, and that's what changes the story. And then Jesus not only adopting, okay, I'm the light of the world, he goes home and begins teaching something really, really crazy 
to a bunch of ragtag followers who had gathered around him. As he began to say something in words like this in Matthew chapter five, he said, okay, uh, you've heard that I'm the light of the world. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, let me tell you something. You, you're the light of the world. Uh, <laughs> what, Jesus? <laughs> you're the light of the world. Like, you got here. I'm just normal. Um, my mom's over there. It's just, you know. And Jesus, I think, loved this moment as he began to turn to his early followers back then. See, maybe you're here and maybe you're not a follower of Jesus. Maybe you're just kind of searching out spiritual things and someone promised you dinner and I think it's awesome that you're here. I think it's awesome that you're pursuing your spiritual journey, kind of owning that for yourself and searching that out. And we wanna be a place where you can be curious about that and investigate in your own time, your own pace. But you're surrounded by people who's somewhere in their story bumped into this guy, Jesus, and he transformed him. How did that happen? I don't know. I don't know how to explain that because each story is different. If you, if you know someone here, ask them their story because their story is different, but God is changing their story and Jesus is interjecting and bumps into them and, and all of a sudden through his life and his death and his resurrection and our belief in that, that our hope is found in him alone and not in my own effort, but in what he did for me, not what I do. Then when I, when I hinge my faith to that, he begins doing some things in my life that changes me. So that when Jesus is speaking to his followers then and to his followers now, he says, you, you're the light of the world. He goes on, you're the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl, interject, that would be stupid, because that's what he would have said in that moment. You don't light a lamp and stick it underneath the bowl. The bowl catches on fire. Everything goes down. It's horrible. You don't want to do that. You don't want to hide the light. Instead, you put it on a stand. It gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. They might see the things that you do and they may not praise you but they see something in you, this light, and it begins to point them in the direction of the light giver, the one who is the source of it. See, this isn't about willpower. This isn't about trying to muster up enough goodness to shine. This is about you are a carrier of the light of the world. As a follower of Jesus, one who has placed their faith in him, Jesus says now you are the light of the world. And everywhere you go, you're a carrier of that light. And your choice is really simple. In fact, the point of this whole thing is you can either be a concealer of that light or you can be a revealer of that light. The reality is, as a follower of Jesus, you are the light of the world. This isn't like a merit badge you earn. This is something you're given in faith in Christ and now you're a carrier of that light wherever you go, wherever you go. But it's your choice in that moment, in that season, in that circumstance, to either be one who conceals that, hides it away under a bowl, or reveals it, and allows God to shine in and through you. And so this challenge for us is, what if we really believe that? 
What if we really believe that we are the light of the world, that everywhere we go, wouldn't it change the way you approach your Mondays, especially your Mondays, right? Wouldn't it change the way that you approach getting into a long line with people when you're irritated? Wouldn't it change the way that you see circumstances that are unfolding that are challenging in your world? Wouldn't it change you that if you really believe you are the light of the world, that, that in a way Jesus is partnered up with you and you are saddled up with him and this idea that you get to bring and be the image bearer of his light, his transformational power in your scope, in your reach, in your season of life, in the, the area that God has put you to tend, that you get to go with him. One of the things I love about this church, what I love about the people sitting around you, is that I think you know this. And not only do I think you know this, you live this out. I see it all the time. I see it all the time. I see it yesterday. As we're stacking up 64 boxes of zucchini, going, who in the world's gonna eat this much zucchini? And they didn't. Um, But this idea of giving out 2,500 plus pounds of food and that people would show up on a Saturday morning to say, this is worth it. This is worth it for Maria. It's worth it for for Josh and for his family to be able to come and to say, hey, I don't have a whole lot, but somehow you guys are crazy people just giving away food for free. And we're like, yeah, we're crazy people. We like to give away food for free. Bless your family. Hey, by the way, if you want to come to Christmas Eve, we'd love to have you. No catch. Food's free. I see this in you. I see it in you every time you write your sponsor kid in Ecuador. And you, you send some money that way. We were there a month ago, and I'm telling you, it matters. It matters. The transformational work going on in that center, going on in that um, compassion project, going on in the life of your kid, it matters. I see it in the lives of people around here who in their small group or their e-group have just said, hey, this person's struggling and they're not gonna struggle alone. And you rally around them and you take care of things. I see it in the ways that we handed out the Thanksgiving meals and how you all did that. I've seen in the ways that we deliver backpacks to John B. Wright and how we bake desserts and we show up here and do cleaning days around the school. For three years, we've seen it. And the transformational work that when people of the light show up in dark places, gosh, things change. It can't help but change. Why? Because that's what light does. It can't help but do that. It just changes everything it touches. It's transformational power. You know why we planted a church in Midtown? Because it's a dark place. You know what changes dark places? Places of light, people of light. 
Sure, we could plant it in the suburbs. That'd be nice, comfortable. But that's not where the lights and heat it. So every time you partner and showing up in resources, showing up in giving, showing up in giving your time, showing up in contributing uh, your talents and your abilities to lead worship, to love on kids, to, to set up, to tear down. It's not glamorous, but it's light. And you're changing things. And you're changing people. And I'm here to tell you, you have done very well but we have a lot more to do. We have a lot more that we get to do. We don't have to, we get to. That's the beauty of us getting to do this together. That's the beauty of the Christmas season, is that light, God said, let there be light, and it's transformation, uh, transforming everything it touches. And then it gets a little closer in the Christmas season. We remember that Jesus inter- interjected and that he's the light of the world. And not only did God want to make sure you got that, he actually highlighted it with the light as he hung a star above and said, look, this is it. This is him. Let me, let me point it out a little more obvious. Let me highlight that with the orange marker, okay? And now you're the light. And friend, you have a choice tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and every day of your life. You are a carrier of God's light. Will you be a concealer of it or a revealer of it? The choice is yours. So how do you become a person that chooses to be a revealer of that more and more? Gosh, I think that's different for every single one of us. Uh, Maybe the next couple weeks, just a focus point for you. What would it look like for you to live your life in a little anthem we have around here saying that we use all the time of do for one what you wish you could do for everyone? Gosh, I wish I could do this for everybody in the city. Well, I can't, but I could do it for this one. What would it look like for you to live your week this week saying, God, how can I do for this one what I wish I could do for everyone? And maybe it's just taking some of your time and investing it with that person. That what they need in that moment more than anything is just your attention and awareness, your encouragement. Maybe it's to speak life into people. We live in a culture that loves to speak condemnation into people. You're, you're probably a person who's bumped into that at times. What would it look like if people of the light began to be people who spoke life into people? What would that look like for you this week? as you begin to wrap your mind around, okay, God, I want to be a revealer of your light. I'm already a carrier, so I can't, I can't undo that. It's not an identity or, or a cloak I can take off. It's who I am. You say you are the light of the world, and so I'm partnered up with you, so I'm that. And it's really easy to be a concealer of your light because I don't want people to know I'm a Christian or I don't want people to, to understand you know, kind of where I'm coming from or, or what's driving this, but I want to be more of a revealer. And so I want to encourage you in the next few moments as we move into a time of communion is just to pray and ask God to show you, okay, what's one thing that you can do this week? Maybe it's just simply, hey, God, make me aware of a moment this week where I could be a revealer of your light to people. Where I'm gonna choose not to conceal it or hide it. 
I'm not going to tuck it away. I'm going to actually be here. I love what Martin Luther King said, you know, darkness can't drive out darkness. Only light can do that. That's the point. Each day we choose whether we will be a person who conceals God's light or reveals his light. So maybe it's waking up Monday morning, saying, God, help me be a revealer of your light today. I have no idea what that's gonna mean, but help me to be aware enough to recognize it when I see the opportunity. And then let's pray together as a community of of faith. God, we wanna be a church that shines your light in a way that's transformational, that it cannot help but change Midtown Tucson. It cannot help but push back darkness. It cannot help but separate people who are being uh, clung to and sidelined by the darkness in their own life, and we've got a light that can change it. So let's introduce them to Jesus. So let's pray as a church that God will open and expand the opportunities for us to bring his light. So would you pray with me in that, in that way? And then for individually for you, just God, what does that look like for me tomorrow? And own that. And then as we move into a time of communion, we remember that it's Jesus' life and his death and his resurrection that puts that deposit of his light Not something we have to try to create, it's something that he created and he's put within us. And so Father, we pray, all linked in unity together tonight. God, each individually, would you show us this week how we could be a revealer of your light to the people and the circumstances, the individuals that cross our path. God, help us to step into those moments not to conceal or hide away or shrink back, but to step in and be a revealer of of your light, your hope, your grace, your encouragement, your joy into those moments, your attention, your awareness. And Father, as a church, I pray you have so much more to write in and through the lives of those gathered here who call Elements home. We're so grateful for the opportunities you've given us so far. Would you give us more? Would you help us leverage every ounce and kilowatt of light we got to change the city for you. God, as we take this bread and drink this juice, we remember you gave it all. We're grateful for that because we've now found all in you in and through your son, Jesus, who we celebrate this Christmas time. He's the light of our world. He's the light of my world, individually. And God, would you help us to be revealers, as we're carriers of your light, would you help us to be revealers of that and the opportunities you open before us as a church, 
as individuals this week. We ask that in Jesus' name.